I said to you, I'm sitting across the desk from the Giving and Income Generation Officer for the Anglican Diocese of Sodor and Man, you might quite rightly said, so what does he do? And that's where we're going to start. With my guest, we've got loads to talk about, though. Please welcome to my tunes. It's Philip Longworth. Philip, thank you for coming in. You're welcome, Well, Thanks for having me. Well, it's a heck of a title. So before we get stuck into your amazing past, can you tell us what you do? I've come over to the island to work with parishes and local churches to look at ways that actually income can be generated to support the future of those churches and help us all leave some legacy for the generations that are coming up behind all of us. Uh, Covid had a major impact on funding for the church in exactly the same way as it has the charity sector. Um, the, the lack of TT you know, again, a major, major knock. Um, and so my role is to come and determine where each church is at because we need to treat those geographies as individual places uh, and then support them in different ways. So for some people, it might be just help support the newly established fundraising groups. Um, for others, it might be to write quite complex funding bids to trust funds. Um, for others, it might be trying to get the links into the corporate and commercial community locally um, so it can be a lot of things for some people it can be let's develop the church premises or grounds in some way to stimulate other sources of income and lease space out to other people so it's very much looking at what we've got in terms of the assets that are around um, what the visions are of those churches because it shouldn't be going in just saying we're going to use this for this you know what's the vision what do they want to achieve in their communities and then try and work with people to, to make it happen. It's not all about me because you can't do it on your own. Um, and what I've learned already in going around the different parishes, there's some really skilled people <laughs> that are sitting in some of these congregations or linked to the churches. Uh, and I suspect part of my challenge will be trying to bring them together in some collective way. And, and let's look at the bigger picture stuff. Okay, so that tells us about that. But you've got a heck of a track record. Now, you've been working with the uh, Royal National Institute for the Blind, Age Concern. Yes. I've got a whole list here. <laughs> so have you been involved in this charitable area for a long time? Yeah, 30-odd years now in the charity sector, prior to which I worked in industry. So I've, I've, I quite enjoy the entrepreneurial solutions, if you like, to try and help the, the, the charity and now the church sort of be able to position itself for just surviving in what is a pretty ruthless world. But yeah, 30-odd years in the charity sector, originally trained as a technical officer for the blind, so that was supporting people who were in the process of losing their sight, you know, how, how to cope. What, what you might need to do to help life be that just that bit easier. And latterly then, for many, many years in senior management roles, uh, in chief exec roles of several of the organisations that I worked for. Let's go back to early days for you. Are you registered blind or partially sighted? Uh, registered blind. Registered blind. So yeah. when, was this from birth? It was. So you went, as far as I can tell, to St. Vincent's School. I did. <laughs> and that's for blind children? It, yes. Yeah. Or, and partially sighted children? Yes. Yeah. Partially sighted and blindness is it's a heck of a scale, isn't it? It is. How it is. do you fit onto that scale? How do they work it out? They, they assess what I can see or can't see at a certain distance versus what you could see at the same distance. So generally, just to make it sort of easier to understand, 
I might see at six metres something that you would see with the same clarity at 60 metres. Um, wow. And there's a whole range of what you actually see that's not simply actually exactly the same detail because one eye of mine's not very good at all. You know, it's I get hand movements in that and not a lot more. Uh, so I'm very dominant on the other eye. Um, and as I get a bit older, I'm like all of us, we're aging. Yeah. The muscles are slackening now, so it's you're not quite as sharp in that good eye as you were. Music played a huge part in your growing up, and uh, was it the clarinet you played? I did clarinet first and piano sort of as a second instrument, but I, I did grade eight on the clarinet, uh, and that led me then when I left school to join a college where we trained in music. So you would get into most, well, I could get into most of the orchestras. The problem was I could sight read music. I just couldn't read it quickly enough. So they had a habit, which I wasn't used to, of shouting, let's do bar 42. And by the time I'd found bar 42, they'd played it and they were shouting bar 73. So it just got so frustrating. But technically... I could get into all of these through the uh, audition processes. So I guess that it wasn't something you could carry on in, in an orchestral concert way. No, it's. It, I, I realised that was going to be t- visually too too draining, um, and I, I don't know. It, it, I'm not the sort of person who describes people as failing because I think there's just certain things you no. can't do. But that, for me, felt like I'm failing on this. You know, there's got to be easier ways to enjoy your life. I think you should have jumped straight into jazz. <laughs> Gone for it with the clarinet. <laughs> Perfect. That came a little bit later. That came a bit later. No looking back. Let's take your first track. Oh, this is lovely. A Christaberg track. Uh, any particular reason? Um, my fiance. And I, it's our first dance when we were on our first holiday together uh, with a lovely red dress and it just seemed to be perfect. I've never seen you looking so lovely as you did tonight I've never seen you shine so bright Seen so many men ask you if you wanted to dance Looking for a little romance Give out half a chance I have never seen that dress you're wearing All the highlights in your hair that catch your eye I have been blind Seen you looking so gorgeous as you did tonight. I've never seen you 
this week my guest on my tunes is philip longworth and if you were listening yesterday you'd have heard exactly what he does he is and i'm going to read it out again because I, I can't memorize it giving an income <laughs> generation officer here in the anglican diocese of sodor and man using money from the given from the church of england's national giving advisor fund basically helping the whole thing run yeah, but this was not your first encounter with the Isle of Man because our Royal National Institute of the Blind. We were on your patch, weren't we? You were, yes. And thirty odd years ago, this was. Yeah. I was an employment advisor, so I'd often visit the island twice, twice a year, sometimes three times, and spend a week each time supporting people with sight problems in employment. Um, and that would often be around adapting technology so that we could link adaptive equipment into. PC systems, whatever they were. So I did quite a lot of work with Barclays around telecom systems as well. People needed some reading aids to help them to, to cope. Then my role was to come in, do the assessment, write the report and meet with the, the Treasury Minister, I presume it was, who used to just say, that's fine. Uh, what do you want me to write the cheque for? Um, times have changed, but yeah. again, great, great memories of the island. Talking about uh, adapting technology, has that whole area got easier uh, these days than it was, say, 20 years ago for blind people? I think that we're, we're more in tandem with the sighted world now. The ironicness about that is that if you look at employment figures, the number of blind people in employment are less than they were. And so I'm sort of thinking there's, there's, there's no real great correlation for that. Don't, so I don't know why it happens. Um, but, yeah, technology, you know, you get getting devices. Now, if you look at the Apple devices as, as one example, you know, voiceover is built in. Zoom is built in. 
that was never, ever known. And by the time anybody adapted previous packages to say you can now use these, they were being updated again, so you yeah. were behind again. So it is, it is much better now. And in terms of problem solving and just getting questions answered, you can just talk to your device. I'm not yeah. going to mention them because everyone's all spring into life. But, <laughs> but you can, can't you? You can yeah. ask so-and-so, what's this or what's the weather going to be like? And you know where to get your, your raincoat on or whatever. Superb you know. they are. Absolutely superb. Must be a huge help. Yeah. Now, yesterday, I, I, I went on a fishing trip with you because I said, with a clarinet player, never mind the orchestra, you should have gone and played some jazz and and i sort of got it right didn't i you did really um after i'd left school and after i'd i'd sort of finished with the college experience uh, i was asked by a group of former teachers and care staff um would i just go and play with their formed band uh, and put the clarinet in the middle of the jazz stuff so we we did I would say probably a handful of concerts, but great fun, you know, very stress-busting, um, you know, and you were allowed to play a little bit differently to, if you like, the version of playing that you had to play within an orchestral setting, so you could really slacken the lips of it and let it go. Plenty so of room fun. to manoeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> we have got, oh, what a singer you've chosen for us today, Dean Martin. What a guy. So talk us through this choice. I, later on in life, um, went again to play music. I hadn't played music for a long, long time after the um, the college experience, but I went back to play music with, with a band, a mixed band of, of people who had sight problems and people who didn't. Um, and the first tune that I got roped into, and I didn't really know it, if I'm honest, <laughs> was Sway. And after that, with, with various singers who did it in you know, amazing ways, it, it's just stuck there because it was like the first thing that I played. It's never a problem to play some Dean Martin. <laughs> Like the lazy ocean hugs the shore Hold me close, sway me more Like a flower bending in the breeze Bend with me, sway with ease When we dance you have a way with me Stay with me, sway with me Other dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway, I grow weak I can hear the sound of violins Long before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth, sway me now
other dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway I grow weak I can hear the sound of violins Longer before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth, sway me now You know how Sway me smooth Sway me now This week on MyTunes, my guest is Philip Longworth, who's come to the Isle of Man for a very specific job, which we're going to talk about. And here's partially cited. And we talked earlier on, if you missed it, check out the podcast of moving from the orchestra and bursting into the world of jazz, which came as no surprise to me. <laughs> this job that you're on at the moment, sir, how did you hear about it? I saw it literally on, on the website, Job Centre website, um, and then went to peruse more information on the Soda of Man diocese website. Um, I'd been looking for jobs for a while. You know, I'd lived on the island on and off weekends, weeks uh, with with my partner over many years. Uh, and if you looked for previous jobs, it was quite difficult to get them because somebody on the island would often have that skill set, and therefore, you know, if somebody has, they need to be appointed. So I'd lost sort of some of the energy, thinking nothing's going to come up here. When I noticed this job and read the job description, and I thought, it is so wide. It almost was like a typical charity job description. <laughs> They've got somebody that can do everything. Um, but I thought, I'm not so sure that somebody on the island will have that wideness of approaches to income generation that I'd sort of worked worked with and, and learnt over the years. So I decided to apply, uh, got an interview. Um, I, I was... I wasn't concerned about the interview, but I, I wasn't sort of quite banging the drum in the same direction that the job description was totally written. But I think in some ways that must have been respected. Um, and I was offered the job and didn't have any hesitation to say, yes, I'd love to come and work. What are the benchmarks or are the key points that you've got to achieve? Is this like a certain amount or is it a certain number of people? In get How does it work? The way that it's been set up initially was with the support of um, the Church of England's giving scheme, part of the salary was funded and the idea was that the diocese would have to find the other part of the salary. When I came in, I thought, no, that's not quite right. So we applied for some other funding, which we've been successful in getting. So my salary is totally covered for the next two years. And I've said to people, if I'm not bringing money in by year three, sack me. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see some impact now of bringing some monies in. So there's no pressure on. There's no the churches don't have to worry that they have to find money to support what I'm what I'm doing. And initially, there was no great targets to it. Now that's superb as an approach if you can get away with it. And shows, for me, some real insight into what the bigger picture may need to be for the future. Um, because you can set, if you set me a money target, I'll bring it in. And But there's no point in getting money simply to get it. Because if you then haven't got the resource to deliver it on the island, or if it isn't relevant then to this bigger journey that we might all be on, um, it's a bit pointless and it becomes an administrative task just to manage that, that money. So there wasn't any pressure about that target initially, and I spent the first few months of the job 
um, visiting the parishes and the individual churches, trying to get a feel for where they're at. There's some fantastic work already going on in terms of what they do to generate income in their own places. Um, and the TTs, a classic income generator for lots of the parishes. Um, you know, this year my concern on that one would be with an ageing profile of volunteers, we probably could do with an awful lot more. So if anybody lives on the TT course and they've got some time where they could just help make cups of tea or whatever it is for these churches, please contact yeah. me, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, So no targets, we're getting there. We've generated some income already. Um, fingers crossed for the future. Tomorrow I want to talk about well, projects in general, and, and uh, just cast the net far and wide. But let's have your third choice of music today. Where are we going, Philip? We're going today with ABBA um, and Waterloo. And the sort of link for me here is the first disco I attended at school, 1974. It was a nice bouncy sort of tune. And it's also got another link to later on in my life. Myself and my partner went to see the ABBA show in London. Um, we got a box because I was trying to be the big thing and, and show willing and all that. And the laugh with both of our sight problems is we found the box, we couldn't find our way out. <laughs> so have a great, great memories for us all.
On my tunes this week, my guest has returned to the Isle of Man because for, for many, many years we came under his patch, if you like, at the uh, RNIB, Royal National Institute of the Blind. But he's here now and he is the Giving and Income Generations Officer for the Anglican Church on the Isle of Man. Philip, thank you for joining us, by the way. My pleasure. And we're loving the music. Uh, shame he didn't bring his clarinet in. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned the piano. Do you still play? I sort of moved from clarinet to piano when I played with the bands on keyboards. Um, I don't play in groups now as I did. And it's probably fair to say, since I come to the island, I've not had an awful lot of opportunity to do very much with music but it is there and i'm sure it'll reappear into life at some stage well i hope it does i think you'll find the musical family and we are a family on this island is large and generous and welcomes new players with open arms well the saxophone's another one i've got a saxophone well there you go and i i want to learn that now i have to say have you met jerry carter yet no Okay, Jerry, you know where we are. He's, he's, he's all over the place on the saxophone, yeah. is Jerry. Yeah. Literally all over the place. <laughs> he's also an advocate, so he's probably going to take me to the cleaners just for saying that. Um, we mentioned the, uh, the role that you're doing, that it's not just about here's loads of money without a plan, because clearly to administer and deliver something meaningful with funds takes a lot of planning. So what sort of plans are you looking at over the next few years i think my my planned work has to fit in with what what is the synod and the bishop strategy for the island um and the synod met actually in in november and are beginning now to set the priorities for the next few years so more work will be done on that in march once that work's done then we'll have a clearer position of where we're targeting some of the resources in my time i couldn't work with every parish in year one so we'll need to prioritize which parishes i can support they all want different levels of support anyway so um it all has to fit into that vision for what is the future what are we trying to achieve um and then go and get the money to help people deliver those those aims we've talked a little bit about congregations not being as strong as they were so presumably you're looking at work outside of the conventional buildings as well I think my my work will be across both both ends of the paradigm um, in terms of the church buildings they are central paces for the community and we shouldn't push away our current community um, simply because we think things should be done in a different way um, and I think that the buildings perhaps can be used in a different non-traditional way which may attract more people in for different activities some of whom may not be church goers but church in their lives may form a different place um, and I think that in addition then to the church end and adapting and, and updating the church offering um, yes there needs to be outreach in communities you know so some great initiatives on the island you know one of the ministers already uh, meeting in Bohem Cathy on a Saturday night with a group of people and just doing some some worship in that way which suits that group and it's not traditional doesn't mean it's wrong per se so I think we just have to be flexible, I believe anyway, flexible to the needs of the community and the different approaches and also the pressures now that families find themselves under in in just, you know, getting their children from A to B and to all these activities that are done and trying to 
afford the clothing so that everybody's not left out you know it's uh so hopefully we can be sensitive to all of that and and get the links in terms of the church um in a way that people accept because i think it took me a while to realize yeah. church wasn't a building yeah church it's is church and it's people yeah visiting a place is one thing living is completely different are you happy to be here Oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, it, it took us a long time to get together um, and make the decision. And for us, COVID helped. I came to work, literally got off the plane three hours before lockdown on that Sunday. Wow. Uh, and didn't go back for 15 months, but could work quite successfully then remotely here. I knew from that moment on that this is this is where we wanted to be. Um, and I took the decision then that I was going to buy somewhere on the island. Before I even knew about the job, I was going to resident base myself here. Um, the job came up. We're now here. We're doing things together. We've never had the real opportunity to do and be able to plan. So it's fantastic. And I'll go out and I'll visit the island. I'll be sat on a bus like yesterday morning going out to Castletown drove through Douglas glorious sunshine you know as part of my tour of the Castledown parish we ended up on Shore Road coming through Port St Mary and you just think who wouldn't want to work in such a fantastic place here here let's have our final piece of music I can't believe the end of the week has come but it has what's it going to be it's going to be a ferry across the Mersey for obvious reasons in many ways i spent a lot of time traveling across the mersey either in a boat or in flights to get to come to the island and it also forms part of the school story as well because the taxi drivers in liverpool used to take us out on a day trip to new brighton on the ferry philip longworth thank you for coming on my tunes and all the best for the well at least a couple of years you say. <laughs> fingers crossed Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So ferry, cross the Mersey Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay People, they rush everywhere Each with their own secret care So ferry, cross the Mersey And always take me there The place I love around every corner They seem to smile and say We don't care what your name is, boy We'll never turn you away So I'll continue to say So ferry, cross the Mersey Cause this land's 
Home's the place I love And here I'll stay And here I'll stay Here I'll stay My grateful thanks to Philip Longworth for joining me on my tunes this week. And don't forget, keep coming back here to manxradio.com for more great guests on my tunes and loads more podcasts besides. I'm Mark Tiley. Look forward to your company on the morning show with Shaw Isle of Man, Monday to Friday, 9.30.